Go For Two podcast. This is our week nine review. I am Liam, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, week nine was crazier than week eight, and we thought week eight was going to be mental. Hey, it was absolutely mental, weren't it, yesterday? Just some of the results. Just the play. I think I tweeted out about eight o'clock. The first two hours of Red Zone were just so odd. Just yeah, like some... full of mistakes and three and outs and good teams playing terribly. Yeah, some bad plays, some really bad quarterback play as well. Uh, and some, like you said, some weird, very weird, weird results, uh, which kind of led to a little bit of a weird weekend for our game picks. Uh, I think it's our second worst weekend. Uh, we finished 6-6 six, six overall. Uh, so the games that you beat me on was obviously the Browns who hammered the Bengals. You got that one spot on. Uh, I got the Vikings just because it was plus, plus five and a half. We both got the Pats right. Uh, you got the Falcons right. Which I was uh, annoyed about because I said that was going to happen, that the Falcons would F me again, <laughs> no matter which way I seemed to bet on them. Uh, we both had the Chargers spot on, uh, and then I had the Cardinals, uh, and you had the 49ers. And I bet when you saw the news that Kyler Murray wasn't playing, you thought you had the 49ers bet. Bet uh, was a sure thing, but Colt McCoy got me uh, got me a point, which was much needed. Yeah. So it finished 6 6. Yeah, what a strange week. I'm guessing we both went the Bills, right? Oh, yeah, we both went the Bills, lost. Uh, and the other one, which is more annoying because we can't seem to get them right, whatever we do, is the Texans. We both went Texans plus five <laughs> and a half. They lose to the Dolphins. And I just think whatever we think we should do with the Texans uh, is the wrong thing. Uh, but I think they're on bye this week, so we might save our blushes for one week. But, uh, definitely a weird week. Obviously, we have got Bears Steelers tonight. We both picked Steelers minus six and a half. You're still quietly confident in, in that selection. Yeah, well, I mean, after this week, no. But uh, yeah, obviously we're, we're not changing, are we? So we're sticking with what we've got. Yeah, I don't think any more underdogs can win. Uh, he says before the Bears win by like two touchdowns now. Justin Fields has a great day, but uh, yeah, both going with the Steelers. So if we get that win, then it'll be seven-seven for the week, which gets us to uh, seventy-five sixty-eight for the season. So you still got. A lot of time to go, mate. We've got to get those points coming back now, I think. Next yeah, week. we have, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, let's move on then from uh, from that. We've got a bit of news to touch on before we actually talk about the games. Uh, just two bits of receiver news that I thought worth mentioning. One, because he's uh, an Eagles legend. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver, left from LA, left the Rams. Uh, mutual termination after seeing his snaps reduced and Van Jefferson snaps increasing. Uh, he became a free agent. Everyone kind of thought he would wait a little bit to see where another certain receiver goes, but uh, he announced yesterday that he's signing with the Raiders as their kind of speed threat. I think that makes pretty much good sense after the, the sad news about uh, what happened to the, the girl that Henry Ruggs killed last week. I think that um, J- Jackson makes a worthy replacement, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense uh, for him as well. Seems like he wanted to stay out west, but... Yeah, it's yeah. kind of not working for him anywhere he goes at the moment. So, see what happens with the Raiders. Any confidence he'll make a difference or or not not enough really? To... Well, he, he's, he can still stretch the field, even in his kind of going towards now mid-30s. He can still stretch the field. It's just kind of how much they're going to dial it up for him sort of thing. But it's a it's an OK replacement for the, for the rug spot, I would say. Yeah. I think watching the Raiders yesterday as well, I think any receiver help you can get, the better, because the offence has um, not looked great in two of the last three weeks, I think. So if they can uh, use him a little bit, that'll help. 
on the speed sweeps and, and down the field a little bit. Uh, the other bit of news then, also receiver-related, Odell Beckham finally being released by the Browns. They've reworked his contract slightly uh, to make it $7.5 million if, for this season if anyone wants to claim him in waivers. The idea of that is that no one will want to claim $7.5 million. So then it will save the Browns a bit of money uh, and also let Odell pick where he wants to go. So two questions, I guess. Any chance someone does claim him with waivers? I think there's only six teams that could actually afford him. Does anyone want to take the risk and then him refuse to play? No, um, second question, surely uh, He's definitely not going to get claimed off waivers, is he? That would be absolute madness because the teams at the top of the waiver list would... He's not going to want to go play there. It looks like they're saying the Saints has got a good chance, which surprised yeah. me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean... And, that and surprised me. <laughs> Back to back to Louisiana, I can understand if he's kind of got connections there, but you know you've got Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill for the rest of the season. <laughs> if that's what you're kind of looking at, yeah, it's yeah. A strange one, isn't it? Really, obviously Thomas is out for the rest of the season, so maybe he's thinking. May I don't know what he's thinking because. <laughs> I was going to say, how how do you know what he's thinking? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I have got absolutely no idea, but it seems he kind of likes the Saints. I, I'm not sure. I, lo- I love it for them. I, I, in fact, I don't love it for anybody. Do you know what I mean? I quite like it for a few teams, but I don't know. He just seems like um, declining a little bit. But I would love him to go somewhere and uh, prove me wrong and get back to what he once was. Yeah, I think I said in a text to another friend the other day that uh, who doesn't really like Odell, I think that I said, if you're comparing him to what he was in New York, which is literally on pace to be the best receiver of all time by statistics, or second best thing behind Randy Moss in terms of some statistics down the field, uh, then I think, yeah, he's not going to be that with all the injuries. But I think if you see him as potentially the best second wide receiver in the NFL, I think he's got a chance to be the second, if you know what I mean, the best wide receiver too. Uh, probably him and uh, Godwin or Evans, depending on how you, you argue those two for that role. But yeah, the, the rumours that came out yesterday were Saints, 49ers or Seahawks. And I'm just, honestly, I was like, if that's the list of three teams you're putting down, that makes no sense to me. I know he wanted a contender. I would argue that none of them are contenders, even with the Saints record, because if you have to beat, what, three other elite quarterbacks in the playoffs, usually at least, if not four maybe but yeah three at least on average you'd say is any of those teams with their quarterbacks slash current records gonna be able to win enough games to be able to beat playoff teams like that I just don't think that's the case um the Saints make sense going home Louisiana like you said replace Michael Thomas they play very similarly actually as well in styles but I thought maybe the Saints would be what you want to do in the off season you know when he knows what quarterback they've got Thomas is back he could sign a big deal, go home and play for the Saints. I think that makes more sense. But for me, to go there now with these quarterbacks, I think that would be a bit of a weird move for us. Yeah, same. And especially the Seahawks and 49ers as well. So. Yeah. 49ers have tried to trade for him before. That did come out. Shanahan tried to trade for him from uh, the Giants and allegedly from the Browns as well after last season. So he's obviously, Carl Shanahan's obviously keen on him. I think maybe that makes the most sense in terms of a chance to to do okay in the playoffs but again Jimmy G it's just uh, yeah I'm not sure you're going to see a few more videos aren't you if he goes to the Saints or 49ers about bad quarterback play from his dad on, on Instagram <laughs> if that happens but uh, yeah I just thought for sure it would be Packers Chiefs um, I can't remember the other team I thought Patriots 
Chargers, teams like that that have got a better chance slash better quarterback. Um, but yeah, apparently those are the three teams that he's considering. But we'll see. Sometimes pro football talk can can spit out some some rubbish rumours. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I think someone will get a receiver that could make an impact. Um, but yeah, not if uh, Trevor Simmons throwing you the ball. So we'll see. This, this should move fairly swiftly, shouldn't it? I, I'd imagine by tomorrow we're going to know a destination, really. Wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Waivers is today, isn't it? So yeah, waivers is today. Yeah, so he'll go through waivers most likely by the end of today uh, if he doesn't get claimed. And if he doesn't get claimed, it's a free-for-all then. Um, look, I'm biased. I obviously want him to go to the Chiefs, but I'd also like to see him on the Packers. Uh, I think that would be very fun. Uh, I did see another rumour as well about Vikings, but uh, that's not going to happen. But I think if he went to the Packers, Packers or Chiefs, I think it would just be cool for, for him. But does he want to actually play it for a team with less receivers so he can get more of a role to get paid more? Is that the motivation? I'm not sure. But if he actually wants to win, uh, I think there's loads of teams he could try and go to, but not the ones that the rumours are. But we'll see. I agree with you. I think tomorrow evening, English time, we should probably, yeah, we should probably know. Uh, if it's someone good, I will be ordering a Odell jersey. Well, not jersey, jumper slash t-shirt from your good self because, uh, as you know, I'm a fan of Beckham from his LSU days. Yes. Um, cool, let's move on then to talk about yesterday's action. So we're going to start, as we always do, with some surprising performances. Going to let you kick it off first, mate. Good or bad first, where do you want to go? Oh, come on, I'm going to keep it positive and I'm going to go bad. <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> mate, You've been waiting all season. Cowboys got a beating. I was like, so... But it was it was really strange, wasn't it? You know, watching, so I re-watched that match this morning, obviously watching on Red Zone as I was watching the kind of 6pm game as well on Sky, just, I, I always felt like when you saw the snippets that, you know, it's 16-0 to the Broncos, then it was 19. I just thought at any moment, the Cowboys are just going to put this together and score some points. But it was like five minutes left and it was like 30-0. I was like, wow, this is a great day. <laughs> <laughs> to just not like the camera because just so when all the, the kind of the memes start flying out but yeah looking at the actual game I mean C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper just the connection with Prescott wasn't there at all maybe it's just kind of like a one-off like an outlier sort of thing but yeah it's not all rosy at all yesterday the run game I mean Zeke was okay he's five yards on average but and he got 10 carries. You know, Dak Prescott was under 50% pass it. I think that was his second worst pass completion rate, I saw. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's a bit of a weird game, though. They were down early, weren't they? So they couldn't run it as much as maybe they normally would, I think. Yeah, but they were down early to a team that's not known for putting up big points, were they? You know what I mean? It was 16-0 at half-time. It's, yeah, just a strange, just one of the... This is, except for Buffalo and Jacksonville, which we'll talk about... <laughs> This has got to be the strangest game because it was like the Broncos, as we've spoken and have everyone's watched, are not a high-powered offence, are they, at all? But they were just dicing the Cowboys and just kind of driving down kind of at will. Like I know Teddy is always in like the 200-yard-ish passing range, isn't he? But he was so efficient yesterday, like spreading it round. And Tim Patrick looked awesome and... Not quite sure where Trayvon Diggs was. Yeah, mate. Yeah, a, bit, a bit back to earth on that one, I think, for him. But, uh, 
Yeah, the other way was, uh, in terms of the run game, sorry, the other way around was true as well. The Broncos had a very good run day, didn't they? I think they got 192, might be, no, yeah, 191 yards, sorry, uh, on the ground, which is pretty good. I know they did get a lead, like we said, but um, they ran it at, what, six and a half yards a carry for Javante Williams. That's a nice cliff, isn't it? You're getting good production there from the from the rookie back, which I think helps when your quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, um, But yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. CeeDee Lamb had an ankle injury, didn't he? It did on Friday. Um surprised they even bothered playing him like in terms of the division this loss will for me will mean nothing so I don't know why you risk CD Lamb there but they did but I do think games like this will hurt them with their bid to get one seed uh, I think the Bucks will be laughing seeing this result <laughs> and having just, a week just seeing them also when they were like obviously the Cowboys when you look back in two months time you'll see this as a 14 point defeat but really it wasn't was it because yeah. they were kind of doing I mean, they were rushing uh, Prescott on the second touchdown on the two-point conversion. He was diving headfirst into the end zone. Mate, the game's over. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, bring him. You know, he, he, had a, he had his calf problem last week or whatever. The game's over. Just kind of bring you guys out. So that those kind of bad decision-makings for me makes me feel a little bit more easy that I don't think it's going to be the Cowboys that are going to be the one seed and kind of go all the way at home in the playoffs. But Yeah, I don't want to jump around too much of games, but Sean McVay was the same. Matt Stafford's had an ankle injury in the game that they lost. He's had a thumb injury this season. Uh, and you're down like 20 points, 40 seconds to go. And you're getting Stafford uh, with like no protection, basically going five man, five man front only, no chipping or anything from tight ends, trying to score a touchdown in the red zone. I'm thinking, what is the point? Do you know what I mean? Like, what I just didn't understand. I was like, if he then randomly, because uh, he nearly got sacked, he was getting sacked all game. If he gets sacked and I don't know, twists his ankle and he's out for four weeks, that could kill your chances, couldn't it? Win the division. Even same with Dak, he could, same thing could happen with him. And you just think, I don't understand these coaches sometimes. I know it doesn't look great to have like a three on your record uh, for a game in terms of points scored or a zero, but I do think there's a bigger picture than sometimes maybe they realise when it comes to Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, not a uh, not a good week. Uh, not a good week for the Cowboys. Uh, it was actually quite entertaining because I was at a wedding yesterday and I, because uh, of the Chiefs, uh, and I'm a Leeds fan, if anyone doesn't know, I decided to leave my phone off the whole time I turned it back on at 9.25 as the Chiefs were starting just to check the scores and then turn it back off so I didn't see any Chiefs news and I looked and I'm looking like hang on what the Vikings were currently uh, were beating the, the Ravens and I was like what the tight, what's that Bill score and then I was like oh hang on the Broncos are beating the Cowboys now every game I looked at I was like because I didn't follow it you know all the way through I just turned it on at the end and was like oh my god this is a massacre and I had to try and catch up on as many games this morning because I just couldn't believe the scores but uh, I think the worst one, aside from the Cowboys for me, which is my bad performance, I've had to go with the Bills. Um, what is that score? Like, I, I have watched it back this morning, but I've watched the highlights, which I've, there were hardly any, of course. Uh, they lost 9-6 in a game where Trevor Lawrence actually went out partly throughout the game for an injury. And I just couldn't believe it when I, when I saw this. I think the offense was terrible. <laughs> Stefan Diggs is actually his worst season since his rookie year, which is weird after how good he was last year. Um, and as a Chiefs fan, I know full well how bad Patrick Mahomes is playing. And then I looked at the stats, I was like, hang on, Allen is actually playing worse than him by PFF grade, CPOE, DVOA, QBR, and QB rating. And I'm like, obviously no one's talking about it because Mahomes has had a lot of uh, press over the years, being how great he is. So it's, it's easy to, then, to slate him. But I was thinking like, 
oh my God, Josh Allen as well and Diggs are having the same issues that Mahomes and Kelsey are having this year. And I was just thinking the two most high-powered offences in the, the AFC from last year both do not look great. Um, and their defence is good again. Like You keep the uh, the team to nine, nine points and you think, oh, we're going to win this game by 20 or by 15 plus. But um, yeah, not the case. Couldn't get anything going on offence. But what did you see from this one? Did anything make sense? Because for me, I was looking at it like, I just don't know where this has gone wrong. Was it just bad quarterback play or bad O-line play or what? I think for me, a couple of things. One thing that I'm... I'll, I'll bring up first is I'm glad that you actually said this because I was thinking about it earlier that to ask you about it in I think week nine so we've done nine review shows now have we even said Stefan Diggs's name no only once I think when I said my friend had a large amount of money waiting for a Stefan Diggs touchdown and they threw the Dawson Knox twice in a row <laughs> yeah I think that's, that's the only the, time that's, that's, that's the, how uh, bad only time all season we've mentioned him for for this game, because they've lost to the Jags in Jacksonville. It's crazy, like, kind of the fall-off there. He just doesn't seem open, or the, the, just the connection with Allen's not there. Or that, that trade now for the Vikings is looking quite good, actually, overall. But, yeah, just also the run game of Buffalo. Oh, my God. It's like they've not learned anything from last year at all, so... Allen got, yeah, five for 50 yesterday, but you don't want to be running Josh Allen anyway. It's Singletree and Moss, nine carries, 22 yards. Mate, you're playing Jacksonville? You're playing Jacksonville? This is like, I don't, I mean, I know the Lions have not won a game, but to me, you could argue that this is the the worst team in the NFL. And I, I would stand by that, having watched every game, because I just want to see Trevor Lawrence play. It's like, mate, these are so bad. They're so low on talent. It's like, how are you rushing for 22 yards with your running backs and then just, they just couldn't get anything going. I mean, Alan, he didn't look right at all. Like, when he's throwing, they were all so short. It kind of reminded me of his first season, actually, where he was kind of like really awful, wasn't he, at like intermediate kind of throws. He would always overthrow everything and, but just everything, all the placement, and yeah, it's such a weird, weird game. The Bills now, mate, they're five and three. They just don't seem this kind of high-powered team that maybe we all thought that they were. Yeah, and I still think they win the division, but I'm not as I like the Patriots, but I'm not as high. Some people are uh, on, like I said, but you know, I told you last week, people are ranking them in the top. Three or four. You've got um, a popular podcast. I won't uh, won't say that which host did it, but uh, one of the, he put like ten thousand dollars on uh, Patriots to win the AFC uh, after Sunday's games, which I just think is absolutely mind-boggling. Uh, but yeah, I just think that they're still going to win the division, but I think they're papering over the cracks a little bit. And they were very good against the Chiefs, and now that obviously win doesn't look as good. But when I was looking at the offense yesterday after watching the game. I was thinking this is this is like a completely different offense, like you said. I think the O line was pretty bad yesterday compared to usual. Their third down efficiency was poor. The run game was poor, and it was weird because it's not like the Jacksonville Jags. I don't know. It's not like they went up fourteen nil. You didn't have to run. They were up like six three at one point, and you could still run the ball down six three. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I think you could do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I do think it was a bit of a a bit of a strange game. Um, is it a bit of a weird win for Jack, for the Jags? Because it does. 
hurt their uh, their pick when they went from like second pick overall to the fifth? Um, or is it just nice for Trevor Lawrence just to actually win a game? What do you think? No, I, I think it's just nice for him. To, I think I actually saw it was 420 ga- days since they won a game in the US. <laughs> so I think it's just nice for them. They're going to be in there with the top five pick anyway, aren't they? But actually, do you know what? I'm just looking now at the uh, sorry, the Bills schedule. They've beat the Dolphins twice. Okay, they've beat the Texans. They've beat Washington, and then the best yeah, win is the Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah, lost to the Titans, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, um, lost to the Titans. Yeah, listen, Steelers. Yeah, PFF and Warren Sharp, two different analytics groups of people. They have the uh, the schedule before the season. They had as like one of the easiest, and now after how the seasons looked, if you actually look at how many wins each t- team's got, uh, the Bills have had the third easiest schedule in the NFL, and they're only five and three, which yeah. is. And you got the Steelers. I think you had the twelfth uh, most difficult, same record. <laughs> so it's just like it's mind-boggling where, where they're at. But that seems to be the whole AFC. I think we'll probably have a, another conversation later about some more, some more AFC teams. But yeah, definitely a bad performance from the Bills. Nice to see for the Jags fans, I guess. Urban Meyer lives on. Might get a second season after all. We'll see. Um, let's go to some good performances then. Whilst we're on the AFC, I just wanted to mention the Titans. Uh, no Derrick Henry first game. I was very sure they were just going to run McNichols quite a lot. However, they decided to go with Adrian Peterson after training for, I think it was two, I think he had two sessions with the team. Uh, and the amount of carries he got compared to what I thought he was going to get was mind-boggling. I think he got something like, uh, wasn't it like 12, no, 11 carries it was. Oh, no, so 10 carries for, for 21 yards. And he was in for another eight plays as well where he did pass blocking on third down. So, Adrian Peterson was a uh, a lot more involved than I thought, but they beat the the Rams twenty eight to sixteen. Definitely Matt Stafford's worst game as a Ram. I don't know if you've seen it, but have you seen the interception he threw from his own end zone yet? I have seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it was going to be a safety. However, people are slowing it down, and it does like the ball was just outside, so it wouldn't have been a safety. But you're not going to you're not going to know that when you're in the heat of the battle. But uh, to turn around, not look, and just throw it. In the end, he gave away seven points in the instead of two in the punt. So it wasn't a good decision. But yeah, the um, the, the unit I wanted to talk most about, because we both love the Titans receivers, but the Titans defensive line, for me, has been one of the most underrated stories of the season. They killed the Chiefs offensive line, who'd been good all season. Uh, and yesterday they did it to the Rams. The Rams, okay, they, they had a good offensive line up to last week. They struggled a little bit as well, but they allowed five sacks yesterday and, and 11 QB pressures. So the Titans, for me, that defence is a lot better maybe than I thought uh, originally. Yeah, definitely. Jeffrey Simmons, three sacks. Didn't yeah, I know. <laughs> just, yeah, just a monster day. It's, it's one of those, it's crazy. I really didn't expect that result at all. You know, with Henry out. And, and if you look, actually, if you take the score away and you look at what the Titans actually did on offence, it's not a lot, is it, really? No. A lot at all. Not no, the, either. No, you're not. How often? If I said to you the Titans had 143 passing yards against the uh, the Rams, Derrick Henry didn't play it down, and the the biggest runner in terms of yards was 29 yards, and the most receiving yards was 42. You just said the Rams would have won by 21 plus. Yeah, absolutely. No, the, it's just all it's all on the defense. Um, but yeah, any thoughts on? We both quite like, we've said all season actually, we both really like the Titans. I think the division's done now. I know we had some hopes for the Colts at one point, but the Titans have beaten every team that they're the underdog against at the moment. So I think unless they have some historic 
four, I think they're going to win the division. But what are your thoughts now on the Rams? Obviously, seven and two, their highs have been incredibly high, and then their two losses have been pretty terrible. Um, have you got any general thoughts on how the season's going for the Rams? Yeah, I still fully don't know quite which is the correct version of the Rams. Yeah. That That is really where I stand, because obviously they've beaten the Buccaneers, and you think that was a great win, and actually they, they, they put it on the books, didn't they, that day? It was only in like yeah. week three or something, that was a great win, but then followed that up with uh, an equal beatdown by Arizona, and then They've had like the Giants, Rams, and Texans in a row. I don't feel like kind of know who the Rams are. I I really don't think they're kind of this elite tier one team. I just have that feeling at the moment. Just they've lost a couple of games to really good teams, and for me, they've only got one good win so far on the resume. Do you know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, I'm really really unsure on them because now coming up they've got at 49ers I'd expect them to handle the business there then they're at the Packers which is a great game and I think we're going to know a lot more kind of after those two games I need to see them again against another kind of elite team yeah I agree you said many times about how easy part of that schedule has been haven't you so I do think that um they need to prove it a little bit. Uh, and the Cardinals are still looking good, aren't they? So if they want to win the division, even though Murray's got this injury, uh, they are going to have to win a lot of games, I think, to, to even win their division. So we'll see. But yeah, another good win for the Titans. Uh, that's four times now they've been underdogs by a betting perspective and they've won all four games outright now. So um, it's just that one loss to the Jets. Otherwise, I think everyone will be saying they're the best team in the NFL, potentially. Just when you actually watch the games, you know what I mean? Like when the defence is dominating, and there's hardly any players that the average fan would even call elite on the defence. I just think that that's a very impressive way that the team has been, been set up. But um, let's move on to your team. Which team surprised you in a uh, positive sense yesterday? Uh, not so much of a surprise, but great comeback and win in overtime by Baltimore. I thought, that, I thought they really showed a lot yesterday. And I actually saw a stat earlier. It's absolutely crazy. It's like the Ravens are now three and one when losing by double digits in the second half. And the rest of the league is something. Oh, it's here. The rest of the league is eight and 93. (laughs) And the Ravens are three and one. You don't want to be down double digits in the second half, do you? Because that eventually will catch up on you. But... Yeah, it goes to show that kind of the Ravens are never out of the game and kind of never change the game plan either. They kind of keep doing what works for them. Because again, yesterday they were great on the ground. Even Le'Veon Bell was actually better yesterday. He's been averaging like something like 2.8 yards ago, but yesterday <laughs> he was up to like four and a half. And Devonta Freeman again was awesome. But overall, mate, this game was actually so good. Anyone that's not actually watched this should go and watch it on the game past 40 minutes this was a great game I mean the Ravens got like 500 yards total 36 first downs for the Ravens compared with 13 for the Vikings and he put know, 30, 31 points on 13 first downs I know it's crazy I think that Ravens total as well was three less than the NFL record for first downs in a game so oh, I know yeah. they had 
I know the overtime was obviously long, wasn't it? The overtime went for the majority of the time. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I still think that's obviously yeah, a very, very impressive feat. But yeah, they look they look good. The defense is still struggling, isn't it, with injuries on and off. The O line's been struggling with injuries, but they just keep doing enough to do it. And I think Devontae Freeman for me is the biggest surprise. Six yards of carry yesterday. I think every week he's done well. Um, and it's catching out the backfield. Was it? I don't think it was last week as well. I know he got a touchdown this week. It was a good catch. But last week as well, he had a good catch on third down that was like a terrible throw from Lamar. One of his only bad throws of the game, or the week before maybe. Uh, and he called it out of nowhere and got the first down. I think yesterday, the touchdown pass was, uh, catch was, was good as well. So I think he's been a bit of a surprise for me. I, I expected uh, Tyson Williams maybe to do a bit more. But Devontae Freeman's come in and, and been really good. Yeah, he really has. And now, obviously, with all the injuries that the Ravens have had on defence, they for me now, they've, I mean, they've got the Dolphins Thursday night. They won't want to play Thursday, but if you're going to see anyone on your schedule, you'd quite like to see Miami this Thursday. And then the week after, they play the Bears. So it kind of gives them a little bit to heal up before they go. Browns, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams. <laughs> so yes, that is a tough, tough way that, to end the season. That is a tough, tough slate. So... It's a good way to get you into the playoff um, mindset, though, isn't it? Tough games, I guess. That's the only benefit. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. So just get the kind of the Dolphins and Bears game out of the way and then they can go for it. But, yeah, great division as well this year. It always is, though, isn't it? But feels yeah. like a great race this year. Definitely, definitely. And the Bengals as well have been a bit better. has definitely helped that. Uh, let's move over then to winners and losers. Um, give a positive first, as always, mate. Uh, give us your first winner of the week. All right, I'm going to go a man that you've had in your losers a couple of times. I'm going to go Baker Mayfield. Didn't have his mate yesterday, Odell. No. Nope. <laughs> and his, his stats were not uh, mind-blowing or anything. Only 21 attempts, but big, big bounce-back win for the Browns, especially in the division. I just thought Baker was good. He was, you know, a couple of touchdowns. He didn't make any kind of, you know, real bad throws where you thought, oh, God, what are you kind of doing there? He kind of throws into a blind alley. But, you know, also the bomb to Peoples-Jones was great as well. But I just thought the Browns overall yesterday kind of looked like the team that we was all expecting them to be. Yeah, that's two bad losses in a row. I know the Browns are good, but it's two, the way they lost the games, it's two bad losses for the Bengals as well, isn't it? The defence... Well, they've given up like 70-something 70, 70 points in two weeks, which is, is yeah, a lot. It's not great, is it? No, it's a lot of points. They, they, so I don't want to say that they were, fools, they were fools gold because they did beat the Ravens, a team that we both think are best or second best team in the AFC this season. But I still think that maybe they weren't as good as we thought they were, if that makes sense. But I think a lot of that could just be on the defence. Maybe the defence was getting lucky and the offence was scoring so quickly that the defence was kind of having their tails up and getting to rush the pass a bit more because they really struggled yesterday. And they struggled against an offence that we before against the Steelers had struggled themselves. So it was quite weird to see this as a get-right game for the Browns' offence. But, uh, yeah, I think the run game is good and, and the Bengals' D just looked so bad that it was the perfect matchup really, I think, in the end. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals now, I mean, what they've gone from, like, the second seed in the AFC and two weeks later, they're kind of like the 10th seed and outside the playoffs. So it's... Makes all the world a difference, doesn't it? Even just kind of losing a couple of games like that. It's yeah, it's tough. Need a big bounce back week this week. 
True. Yeah, they're bottom of the division as well, aren't they? Top, top, from top to bottom in two weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. Still a positive record, which I think a lot of fans would have been happy about, but yeah, still a, definitely a, a downturn. Uh, my winners then, I'm going to go for a uh, what three-time Super Bowl champion, maybe. Uh, I'm going to go Mr. Steve Spagnola, aka Blitz, Blitzing Spags. Uh, just because yesterday he blitzed Jordan Love on 59% of his dropbacks, which is a record for the Chiefs and a record in terms of high for the uh, for Steve Spagnuolo himself. But um, I kind of wanted to mention him just because uh, how the type of blitzes he was calling yesterday was the only reason that the Chiefs really won the game because the offense was bad again. Um, but the defense was just absolutely hammering Jordan Love until literally the start of the fourth quarter. And then they had a couple of good drives in a row where, uh, he was just getting the ball out quick to Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. But before that, the defence had been really, really good. And Melvin Ingram, who they traded for in the week, uh, and the, he had three pressures uh, and one QB hit in the first half alone. So I think he was really, really good for the Chiefs yesterday. The D-line looks good. Frank Clark, annoyingly, as someone who hates Frank Clark, <laughs> uh, he looks good now. And the Chiefs are going to have a big decision whether they cut him or keep him. Uh, I think it's been cut all the way, but he's been really good the last two weeks. And Spags is uh, enjoying having a defensive line that, can finally get some pressure now everyone's healthy so I wanted to make him a winner just because he loves to blitz and uh, he decided to blitz all game yeah and to be fair <laughs> the Chiefs needed that performance out of the defence because if really if you'd have said before and the Chiefs are going to put up 13 even without Rodgers I would have thought that's going to be bad yes. news that is going to be bad news isn't it because I mean love I mean, he, he looked rattled at times, but he hung in there, didn't he? But it was, if it had been Aaron Rodgers, I think it would have been a lot different tale yesterday. But at the end of the day, it wasn't, and the Chiefs kind of got the job done, didn't they? And back to a positive record again and kind of lurking in the playoff race. I wouldn't uh, rule out the Chiefs for a high seed yet, even though Mahomes and Kelsey just doesn't look right, does it at all? But no, no, I did see a good article from Eric Eager um, yesterday who put if the Chiefs' current biggest problem is Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> then I would uh, say that the rest of the season could potentially end a lot better than people think. Do you know what I mean? If that's your biggest problem in your team right now, is how <laughs> he's playing, the probability that he will turn it around compared to earlier in the season when the defense was giving up 37 points a game. Do you know what I mean? I think. It's a better problem to have, but hopefully he turns around soon. But yeah, Spags loves the blitz, and it was quite fun just to see him throw random defenders. At one point, he dropped two linebackers <laughs> and uh, one safety at the coverage, and he blitzed all three corners and all four defensive linemen. <laughs> and uh, literally, Jordan loved that and got absolutely hammered by Chris Jones. And I was thinking, like, if you're a first-time starter and you've got that coming at you, I just don't know what you do. Do you know what I mean? Like on the road with noise as well. I don't know how you can check in and out of plays. I just think it's very difficult. But um, yeah, I wouldn't judge Jordan Love too much on one game. Um, but yeah, good day. Uh, good day for Spags. Also, one, one last thing on this game. <laughs> Did you see where um, Love's mum and girlfriend were sat? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. The funny thing is, apparently it's the Packers that buy those seats. It's not the Chiefs that give them. They have to buy your own. And I saw a hilarious tweet that said, yeah, what do you expect from Green Bay? They haven't had to buy their quarterback any family tickets for like 20 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, that is accurate. They don't have to worry about uh, Aaron Rodgers bringing anyone to any games. But yeah, they were literally sat in the back row, weren't they? And CB- I think it was CB- was it CBS or maybe Fox. Yeah. Uh, they found them, didn't they? And they had to zoom in. They zoomed all the way in from the front to the back and just looked ridiculous. 
Yeah, mate. And it must be cold up there as well. So, oh, yeah, it would have, it would have been freezing, yeah. Um, but yeah, Chiefs win, terrible game, and they get the Raiders next week. So we'll see, see how that goes. Uh, give us your next winner then for the week, mate. Right, I'm gonna go Texas football legend Colt McCoy, <laughs> who stepped in yesterday, 22 of 26, 250 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. Oh, I thought. Mate, he couldn't have played any better. I was really pleased for him, actually, because I absolutely loved him back in the day in college, and he's always kind of just been a career backup, hasn't he? But, yeah, I thought it was great yesterday, and just the Cardinals overall just handled business without Murray and without Hopkins. I just thought the 49ers can surely go in there and get something done. But for me, Garoppolo... He's got to be finished, mate, now. <laughs> yeah. I've got a very good friend that's 49ers fan, and all he's tweeting is free, free Trey Lance. Now. <laughs> he's just lost his head with it, and I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you. He's done. I don't. He shouldn't have played the whole season. I do think the trade itself, I know we spoke about it loads in the off-season, because obviously we started an NFL podcast with no games to talk about. <laughs> um, but I do think the Trey Lance trade is, could be bad. That amount of picks, you know what I mean? And keeping Jimmy for a year and then in the end not even playing Trey in this year, it could end up being bad. But I agree with you. I think it's just time to go to Trey Lance now. If it ends up working out worse and you lose more games anyway, I think that's fine. He can learn this year before starting off with a new record of obviously 0-0 zero zero next year because it's just not going to work, is it, with Jimmy? I don't think. No, no. It's just not working at all. It's not working. I mean, Ayuk was finally better yesterday, but in kind of a... I mean, nice to see George Kittle back, but just overall, it's it's just not working. I mean, it's got to be the most disappointing team through kind of what we've played 50% of the schedule after tonight, haven't we? So, and for me, the 49ers have got to be the most disappointing record. Kind of three and five when the NFC is... The wild card race is as wide open as it is. It's just, yeah, it's bitterly disappointing. They were the third favourite for the Super Bowl as well in terms of odds. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and I had them like obviously not division winner. Yeah, oh, Jesus, <laughs> that was bad. Now, doesn't it? Forty Niners and Eagles both <laughs> oh and four at home as well. Oh wow, that's not good, is it? No. Yeah, and just to finish off on this game, I know you mentioned it earlier, but obviously no Murray, no Hopkins, but they didn't have AJ Green either. And um, what's his name? Chase Edmonds went out on the first drive after one carry. Yeah, spray then, didn't he? Yeah, so they were really down to the bare bones, not bare bones, but they were down to like wide receiver three and four and running back two and three. And they scored 31 points on this defence. Uh, a team that just have not invested in the cornerback position at all in the last three seasons, especially since they signed Roger Sher- uh, Roger Sherman, uh, Richard Sherman. So I just think that uh, the defence is pretty poor. And like you said, the quarterback is, is a bit of an issue. So do you reckon any uh, noise of a Carl Shanahan hot seat at all? Because uh, we've mentioned it before, he's only had one good season there and the rest, if he took that one season out, his winning record would be the worst in the league. For me, I don't know how you can't talk about it. Just through overall, I mean, he's making the decisions on the quarterback, isn't he? And just yeah. your head has to be on the line when the record's as bad as it is and you've been up there touted as a Super Bowl contender. So for me, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I would agree with you. 
I would agree with you. Um, cool. All right, let's move on to another one then. Um, so another winner, winner for me um, was a uh, a friend of the podcast. <laughs> it's uh, it's Matty Ryan with the Falcons getting a cheeky dub against the Saints. I know they only played what Trevor Simeon. Uh, we were wrong actually. We both thought that um, Taysom Hill would start, didn't we? But uh, they did go with uh, go with Simeon, but. I thought it was a big win in a big game for a team that I still can't really work out if they're uh, if they're any good or not. But um, the Saints' defense normally absolutely obliterate the Falcons, so I think the fact they could get this win um, it doesn't mean much for the long term aspects for the season. I know it might help them as a wild card, but uh, I just thought it was a pretty uh, pretty impressive win. And uh, Matt Ryan himself, three hundred forty three yards, two passing TDs, pretty good. Uh, no turnovers, which was the key thing. Uh, and then they go in, score twenty seven points, and and what. Four, four and four now for the season, which in the NFC, um, I think I read there's like six teams as there with a positive record in the NFC, whereas the AFC there's 11. So I think if you're trying to get the last seed in the NFC and you're the Falcons, you, you may be giving yourself a chance for the win against a team like the Saints. Mate, currently they stand alone in seventh place, the final wildcard race. Everyone below them has a losing record. So it's kind of like, why not? With Matt Ryan as playing as well as he is. I mean, the run game, by the way, was awful for the Falcons yesterday. 34 total yards. I think they was up at like 1.3 average <laughs> per run. It's just not good. But Cordell Patterson, though, 126 yards, 21 yards of reception. Again, just absolutely nuts from him and Ryan together. Oh, mate, that the last one, obviously, when the, the Saints powered back, scored 22 in the fourth quarter, you're thinking, oh, this is bad news. But the Ryan throw and the Patterson catch and run just won them the game, didn't it? Because you can rely on, you can rely on Koo now. But yeah, Patterson, what a, what a find that he's kind of stepped up to be because he's always been kind of like a, a gadget player and he's you know he can contribute on odd games but mate he's been so good for the Falcons this year yeah he's like a kick and punt return specialist really for a long period of his time he's very good at return game and he's so good now in um, pass, passing and, and running the football that they're not even using him in punt and kick returns as often as they used to because they can't afford for him to get injured because then who are they going to throw the ball to so yeah um, strange team but yeah like you said seventh seed I just think with Matt Ryan, with his cap hit next year, you can't get rid of him this year. So there's no point trying to lose games. Like, just try and win games, see if you can get into the playoffs. And I don't know, you know what the NFC is like. You know, who knows who could be the second seed and have to play the Falcons. The Falcons could go on the road against someone and Kyle Pitts could have a huge day and they could go 10-0 up and it could make things interesting. Uh, they're not going to actually do anything long-term this season, but if you've already committed to Matt Ryan, you, you're not going to tank, are you? So you may as well try and win some games. And I thought they were they were relatively good. Uh, Saints, though, I'm more worried about the Saints now as time goes on. Obviously, a big win last week, but I think their prospect for the season could be quite limited. And, uh, and Trevor Simeon was actually okay in the end, but I just think that the overall offense isn't great with the receivers. Maybe Odell could make a difference, but I don't love this team going forward, even though they are better than what me and you probably thought at the start of the season. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, Taysom Hill, he didn't get many snaps, did he? Either yesterday, which I found interesting, and he had one run and a couple of passes. That was, I was surprised at that. Maybe it's kind of he's not fully healthy. Mind you, it was a concussion, wasn't it? So you either are better or you aren't, are you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not either, it? his style as well. He's gonna get a lot of hits, isn't he? But yeah, I do agree with you. If he's not healthy enough to get hits, then don't play him at all. Like, 
bit, bit of a health concern, isn't it, to even yeah. risk it? But yeah, he only got like was it three snaps maybe? Um, so yeah, not a lot at all. But uh, yeah, the, the, Saints the, were... the Saints have a very very tricky schedule coming up. They've got the Titans, the Eagles, which is not tricky, but then they have got the Bills, <laughs> Cowboys, Jets, Buccaneers. It, it's a tough, tough. schedule. Yeah, and the, the most crazy thing, spoiler alert for our end of week podcast, they're, they're only two point, two point underdogs against the Titans. The Titans are only two point favourites against the Saints team. It's so yeah. weird. I, the betting market on the Titans has been weird all season. We said it was weird. They were seven point underdogs against the Rams and very strange that is. But yeah, uh, I feel like the two teams in this game, Falcons and Saints, the two teams that we have literally got r- wrong and just not understood all season, it seems like. So uh the Saints will probably beat the Titans by 20 next week, just to confuse us. So <laughs> we shall see. Uh, cool. Who's your last winner then of the week? The third of mine, I'm, I'm going to go for the New York Giants. That was a great win yesterday. Beating the, like another one, you know, is, doesn't really mean much in the standings and they're not going to, they're not even going to make kind of a playoff push, but make that coaching staff needs wins. Yeah, the coaching staff needs wins and I don't think Daniel Jones has done himself any harm this season at all in getting a kind of maybe another season in New York or maybe getting another starting job elsewhere in the NFL I certainly don't think he's been in kind of the bottom quarter of quarterbacks at all his stats weren't mind-blowing yesterday he only had a 110 yards passing but you know there's, there was kind of no no errant throws or the kind of relied on Devontae Booker yesterday. And he, he spread the ball around when he did kind of pass it. I think he, 110 yards was split between like seven receivers. But yeah, overall, Joe Judge needed this win. Yeah, I agree. I saw a funny tweet, actually. If someone said, what uh, what does Joe, they were losing. I don't know if they were losing the game or they were tired at the time, but uh, he made another bad call on, uh, I think it was a delay of game again. Uh, and someone said, what does what does Joe Judge do all day? I do not understand what he does all day. Someone from the ringer quote tweeted him, but I think all he does is spend time trying to decide which hoodie he should wear on the sideline, <laughs> which I found <laughs> hilarious because he, uh, he is a fan of hoodie. Joe Judge, I'll give him that. But yeah, it's a big win. Three, they're three and six for the season. Do you know, in the last five seasons, three and six after nine weeks is the best record they've had in five years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know we've said about how bad they've been, but uh, that does, uh, does highlight thing. What about the Raiders? Do you think it's just fully down to the Garuda and the Rugs news? Like Emotionally, they've obviously had a incredibly tough time. Derek Carr spoke about how emotional he was in the week and he had his worst game of the season too. Only got sacked once, which is the best O-line performance for the whole year, but uh, two interceptions, could have had another one, uh, one fumble that he recovered for himself. Is it all down to the, the kind of off-the-field stuff or is, is there some on-field stuff you could see that mean maybe they're not as good as what you yeah, saw? Just a couple of... He did, obviously, a couple of bad threats. The interceptions were bad yesterday. But you look overall, they kind of moved the ball. They were an efficient rushing as well, really efficient. Actually, Jacobs and Kenyon Drake between them were kind of over six yards on average. and But yeah, I think they could have leaned on that a little bit more because obviously Carr, 46 attempts to kind of 17 rushing attempts for Drake and Josh Jacobs. I think they could have, the balance was a little off there because the game was 
never out of touch. It was a close game all the way through. The Raiders were up at half time, but overall five and three. But I don't know what to make of the Raiders kind of for the rest of the season. They, I mean, they would have taken five and three at the halfway yeah, point, do you not think? But now is, can you kind of repeat that record? And I'm just not sure. Yeah, you're going to have to have, I think the seventh seed in the AFC is going to have to have a good number of wins. I think yeah, you're not going to, you're not, I just don't, I don't want to say 11 wins because I think the AFC has also had some really bad losses. So I think all the good teams can lose to each, can lose to other teams. But I think 10 wins is a minimum for me for the seventh seed in the AFC. And like you said, that is literally the same record again, having to go five and three. So we'll, we'll see if they can do it. But uh, this kind of meant that the whole AFC now, the Chargers went back on top. You've got two five and three teams and two five and four teams for the AFC West. Obviously, the AFC North, we spoke about with all their positive records as well. Um, it's a hell of a tough, tough uh, division slash conference this year, isn't it? It's a very strange one. The teams seem to be going up and down every week, I think, in the AFC West. Yeah, it is so, so close. I think it's going to ride all the way to the end, isn't it? It's Raiders, Chiefs in Vegas it's Sunday night. So that's another yeah. pivotal game. That is. That is. Um, cool, let's move on to uh, to another loser then. Uh, and I may as well just put Eagles slash me down for this because the Raiders lost the Giants in the early slate and I was absolutely buzzing. I thought, right, can I get the final leg that I need for the AFC West? Uh, I'm not too worried about the Broncos winning the division. So I thought, right, Eagles, see if we can see if you can compete. Jordan Howard scored, and I thought I was back in 2015, and it was seven seven. And I was thinking, right, here we go, Eagles. Looked at the clock and uh, texted you and said, right, Eagles touchdown here to go ahead. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Chargers came down and ended up winning the game 27 uh, 24. And the reason the Eagles are losers is just because it's never good to be one of the only teams that the Chargers actually score the game winning field goal against. Normally, they miss them, don't they? And they shank them <laughs> wide and they lose the game. But uh, this time, they actually hit it. Go to five and three, send the Eagles to three and six. Um, I haven't actually watched much of the game back itself, but uh, I just wanted to put myself down as a loser because I was praying for an Eagles win and it didn't come. Yeah, I mean, that is that is definitely your fault, isn't it? <laughs> betting, on the, uh, betting on the Eagles. It was like a really close game, actually, where the Eagles kind of just didn't do enough. It's kind of, they cannot get any sort of balance on offence. Now it's just an absolutely mental amount. I mean, oh, there was 39 rush attempts yesterday for the Eagles compared to 17 pass attempts. It's just, there's no balance there at all. I don't think the coaching staff can get any kind of semblance of a real game plan together. So in my head, I don't think I said it on the pod last week, but in my head, I thought these... Next couple of games for the Eagles, obviously they beat beat the Lions and it was back to three and five. And I just thought two games, Chargers, Broncos, it's kind of like the season on the line now. But now it sits at three and six as as a taking all bias out of it. I just the just the Eagles don't look like they're gonna win enough games to even sniff a poor wild card race in the NFC. So for me it's kind of looking at in Philadelphia now, it's who's going to keep their job. I think uh, yeah. I'm not, a lot I'm, of fans don't like Sirianni either, do they? From what I I, I'm, I'm not fully convinced he gets a second season for a start, and then I'm certainly not fully convinced it's going to be Jalen Hurts under centre 
next season. So it's not a lot of young talent on this roster either to work with, especially on defense. But I mean, yesterday only this is so rare. I feel like in the NFL, the Eagles only had four players that got a reception yesterday. So Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins, and Jalen Riga, and that's it. Riga's was one catch for minus six yards. <laughs> and I just don't it's know. Great, it's not great. No, that just the you cannot spread the ball around or anything. Devonta Smith yesterday that was probably his best game actually. He actually managed to actually uh, be in his stride when the ball arrived a couple of times. So he's kind of gone under the radar really of the rookies. I think he's actually been much better than the, he's been given credit for. But he's just yeah he's not getting the service from Hurts. Yeah, strange one for the Eagles really. Kind of feel like the season's over, but we're just going to see who's now going to be there the rest of the season, see what we've got. Just watching the Tankathon draft page is the, the key, and that's another reason why you're a loser. You've gone from second pick, eighth pick, and tenth pick to second pick, ninth pick, and fourteenth pick in one week. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. I'll take it as it still stands. It's still on the third pick. <laughs> so. but you can get a quarterback at pick 14. No problem. Or if you're in the second round and you get pick number whatever in the second round, you can just get a QB then. But um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, just a final note on that one. Herbert was back to uh, back to being pretty good yesterday, um, hitting receivers all over the place, uh, a bit more accurate than he was the week before. So good performance by uh, by him. Uh, who's your next loser then for the week? So I'm actually going. I'm gonna go off on a tangent here before we come back to the NFL, and I'm gonna go first round. QB draft picks next season because or maybe I should word that as teams that need one yes yeah. because it is not good obviously you texted me but for anyone that doesn't follow college football all Miss played Liberty this week and it, Matt Corral and Malik Willis are supposed first round picks in the draft and yeah Matt Corral at Ole Miss has played quite well but Malik Willis was horrible he was really that, bad he was really bad in that game and that was his kind of obviously if you don't follow much college football liberty uh in a very kind of conference america they're not going to play many big games at all this would have been his biggest game in his college career like on nationalized tv against Ole miss and sec team and it was absolutely horrific and i just don't know Obviously, Sam Howell at North Carolina has not been great. He's slipped down the boards. Now you've got Kenny Pickett at Pitt has come up because he's kind of, they play well this season. But, mate, if you need a quarterback this year, I'm, I'm thinking now the Eagles obviously do need a quarterback and I don't think it's going to come this year in the draft. So that means to me we might try and trade all of our picks for an established quarterback. So it's Russell Wilson. Here we go. Yeah, Russell. That's kind that of be the one scenario, isn't it? But yeah, if your teams like Pittsburgh and Washington, it ain't the best year to need a quarterback. No. How many QBs do you think at the moment go in round one? <sighs> still, I would go. I still think it's going to be a few, but they're going to go a lot later. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go for um, four. What's that, Malik, uh, Corral, Howell? Well, uh, Ken and Kenny Pickett, I think, is going to now go in the first round as well, kind of later on. 
Interesting. By the way, if I uh, I love Spencer Rattler previously, and I was listening to a good college football podcast, and they were saying almost that he should just risk it and just come out to the NFL because it doesn't. I know you're going to lose some money, aren't you? Because you, you're going to go later. But there's nothing to say that a team wouldn't pick him in like the second, third round because of his tools and like one of these teams that need a quarterback for the future and he could get a chance to play and he could be just as good as um, Sam Howell was the example they said when you get him to an NFL and, and have a whole summer to kind of stop these stupid errors that he keeps throwing. And I think I agree with that. I don't think there's any point in waiting next year if the, then the QB class might actually be better. I think just come out now when the QB class is really random and just see if someone picks you up earlier than you think. I think honestly that he should declare, and I think any of them should declare if they can this year, just to go for it, because there's, there's no set one, two, three anymore for the season. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a really interesting way to look at it, actually, because if you're kind of thinking, I'm just having a look where the Eagles lie in like the second and third rounds, and pick number oh, seven. they'd love Spencer Rattler, perfect. Small, runs a lot, throws <laughs> yeah. it all down the field. That's the, what they That's what they keep drafting. People that can't throw to the middle of the field. But with all those, if the Eagles, let's just say the Eagles get those three first round picks and then use them all on kind of don't trade them at all and actually use them, I'd be more than happy to have a look at the kind of second round and taking a flyer on something like that because I think just that's a an interesting project really. So yeah. That's interesting. I could see that happening actually, and not really thought of it like that. Spencer Rattler seven on the back of an Eagles jersey just sounds good. Uh, I did see someone saying like the Steelers, someone should take a risk on him, but he's never. Tomlin's never going to go for a quarterback like that. You need someone. I don't know. You need someone a bit more daring uh, offensively to to risk going for uh, a QB like that. But we'll see. I, I, I would say actually, there's plenty of Steelers quarterbacks in this draft because they're not going to be. Obviously, they could make the playoffs at the moment, so. I do think there'll be a nice one there, kind of maybe like a Kenny Pickett around for the Steelers. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think they might be. Uh, they might be targeting a certain quarterback that has been immunised but not vaccinated that we might talk about in a minute. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna my next loser. I'm gonna combine two teams. We've got three games that we haven't spoke about, so I'm gonna hit two of them in one go. Uh, I'm gonna go loser Sam Darnold and any oh. team that is associated with him. So this is this covers the Jets and the Panthers in this game. Um, I just think that uh, he was bad again against the Pats. I did see that they were winning at one point. Um, or maybe it was tied or it was close. And I thought, oh, that's quite interesting. But then when I looked back at the final score, I was like, okay, no. Sam Darnold was, uh, was terrible again. And that's now four weeks in a row where his highest pass um, yardage is 170-odd in four weeks. He hasn't even broke 200 yards passing. Uh, and I just think Adam Gase, yes, was a terrible coach. Completely agree with that. But I don't think this is some renaissance here. I think the fact they, they've done this trade that we were sceptical about and now they've got him on the hook for $18 million next year, I think is terrible. Um, and the Jets are losers just because we all tuned in to watch Mike White and he got injured and uh, <laughs> we couldn't see him. So I think anyone to do with Sam Darnold and his former team are losers. But yeah, what are your thoughts on those two games? Any any quick thoughts? Yeah, well, on my losers list, I just put sad Sam. So <laughs> uh, um, I think he's finished as a starter in the NFL. I don't see how you can go into another season with him, whether it's Carolina or elsewhere. I mean, they picked his option up, haven't they? Yeah, they've already done it. Yeah, so it's eighteen million for next year. So they're screwed for next season as well, which is why I think Matt Rule could be in massive trouble. I think he could be fired this year or next year because their owner, like we've said, is not going to sit around and wait to be average, in my opinion. No, absolutely not. No, and 
and unfortunately, Donald is not even average, is he? If he was average, I think they yeah. would be looking at. Actually, I think we've got an outside chance of the playoffs here. But oh, mate, he's he's not good at all for Donald. I just think he, he's got to be finished as a starter now in the NFL. It's it's not. I looking. think he's got got to play next year. Surely, eighteen mil. I don't think you can have him on the bench at 18 mil next season. That feels like you're just kind of giving up, though, doesn't it? And if another yeah. season, it's just not going to be any better than this. No, I could see him trying to talk. I agree with you, but I could see him trying to talk themselves into right. Let's get three new O linemen, spend heavy on the O line. We've got the receivers, we've got the running back. Let's see if we can go O line and, and give him the perfect scenario. But I think they could lose Joe Brady, the coordinator. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that sound was it's just not good. It's not great when at the Jets he had a connection with one receiver, which is Robbie Anderson. And I don't know if you've seen the clip going around, but uh, yeah. when he throws one of his picks in this game, Robbie Anderson is literally giving him evil and screaming at him on the sideline. And if that's your uh, legend, that's off, his off-field friend as well from, from the Jets that you've got a good connection with. If he's screaming at you and realising that you're done, I just think it's not looking good, is it, for, for sad Sam, as you said? Yeah, not at all. Uh, cool. Well, I think you've got one more one more loser for us. I have. My last loser, I'm going for um, Chua Tagovailoa. Not just because the Dolphins won yesterday, because it was only the Texans after all, but just he's injured again. And it's just the kind of evaluation on him in his second year, for me, just feels so tough and... I don't know what the, on earth the Dolphins are going to do. I mean, I don't know how you evaluate this guy properly because he never seems like he's healthy. And that has to, I think I've said it this before, but that has to go in the evaluation, that the fact that you can't evaluate him properly because he's always injured. Yeah, I agree. The Dolphins, I, the Dolphins do have a little bit of talent on offense as well because I love, I love Waddle. He, he looks, I know the trade was bad overall, but the Waddle yeah, is... The, the player's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gasicki is also quite good. And Miles Gaskin's obviously been a bit of a well, a real disappointment, I think, for Dolphins fans. But there is little bits of talent there on the roster, but it's not all come together. And for me, uh, I do think Chua might be in trouble for kind of a, another start of next season sort of thing. If he's not, if he's not going to start the Dolphins, I'm not sure where he's going to start. <laughs> no, Carolina. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> actually, you never know, do you? No. It's just written on the wall, isn't it? Uh, the writing that uh, it's going to be Deshaun Watson, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, I, I, re- I really do, yeah. I'd hate it. Uh, we, we've, we've gone long, so I won't mention it again, but I'll just hate it just for the off-field stuff as a person. But I just think that's what's going to happen. I don't know what they do with Tua. I think you probably have to trade him. Uh I think someone would trade for him, especially with how bad this year's quarterback class is. I think someone would take a risk and trade um, a second-round pick, an early second for him, maybe a second and a fourth, something like that. That was going to be my next question. I mean, what on earth do you give up for Chua, who was like a top-five, top-six pick, and then you've not really seen enough of him on the field to know what's going to happen? There's going to be quite a few, I think, like mid-to-lower-level quarterbacks being on the block as it were, this year, because I think Jalen Hurts is another one. If I'm Washington, I offer a second-round pick for uh, for Tua immediately. I just think you risk it. I think they'd want a first, like a late first, but I don't think you'd get it. I think you go early second. And I think Miami would accept that, because obviously they're going to lose their first-round pick this year. And I just think maybe get themselves a second, so they've got two seconds and a third for this year, and they'll just take that. I think 
that's probably what will happen. However, you might also have to give up loads of picks for Deshaun Watson. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they do. Um, last loser for me then quickly. I had to put Aaron Rodgers PR team. I think they're losers. <laughs> they're losers of the week. Um, like I said, we have gone long, so I won't talk about it too much. But uh, did you see his interview on the Pat McAfee show? Well, I did. I did indeed. Any, any thought, general thoughts? Uh, stop speaking was <laughs> what I was like thinking. Ah, do you know what it is? I don't know because it's. I don't know whether the NFL head office would kind of like be pleased that this came out with Rogers, obviously with the news about rugs and. I know it's yeah. not like the rugs thing is not a nice story to talk about and kind of what's happened as has happened as far as rugs is concerned, not the part the other. The, like the lady's family or whatever, but it's, and I'm sure that the NFL wouldn't want the broadcasters to keep harbouring on about it, but it is a huge story. And Aaron Rodgers came in, got COVID, he was immunised, and that's completely kind of <laughs> took over, hasn't it, as like a story. So it's, yeah, his PR team was awful, but for the NFL, I think they'll be kind of like rubbing their hands together that one of their biggest stars is doing something ridiculous. Yeah, especially some of the comments he's made that uh, the NFL insiders have already kind of said that aren't true. Like someone, he apparently spoke to one of the medical advisors in the NFL and had a long conversation with him on his with him on his views. And the NFL would come out and leaked to like Josiah Anderson and just said, "Oh no, that conversation never happened. He never he never gave any documents to the NFL about his research." You know, he's just there like, "Oh my god, this is an absolute disaster zone." But yeah, I think the. Uh, Ice on the cake is when he compared himself to Martin Luther King at the end of a cheeky little quote. I think that, oh, was, God. that was the killer. But yeah, he's definitely a unique man. Uh, and for me, the second most talented quarterback I think I've ever seen play. But uh, yeah, very, very unique. And I think this is probably going to come up again throughout the season for, for Green Bay and Rogers. So I had to, uh, had to, to mention him as a loser. Anyone who hasn't seen the interview or heard the comments, go and watch them there. You can find it on Twitter or YouTube and uh, you will be amazed and probably have a few chuckles as well. So, yeah, it's definitely a good one to watch. But that's it, I think, for this show. Um, go follow us at go for 2 podcast uh, We're going to be back later in the week where we're going to preview our, all the action for Week 10. Uh, the slate's actually pretty good next week as well, and there's loads of interesting lines, some 7.5 lines, which me and you hate, mate. So Oh, stop it. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how the week goes. But enjoy the rest of your week, guys. We'll be back at the end of the week, and we'll speak to you yeah. soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon.